It's episode 68 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Lizzie Mace. Doing? I'm very well, thank you. Hooray. Very pleased to be here. I'm <laughs> <laughs> very pleased that you are here. Um, perhaps we should start with an ending. Yeah. Um, Two of Wands mm. has recently come to its conclusion. Yes. Please tell me all about it. Yes. Um, it was very recently. We had our last gig last Monday at Duck Duck Goose, uh, which was great fun. I always love playing there. It's such a friendly night. Um, it's lovely. Um, we've yeah, as as two of ones, we've performed there a lot as well since we started up last April. Um, so yeah, uh, but yeah, it just comes to the point where we both felt that we'd got what we wanted to out of the team. It it really started as an experiment to see how we could uh, play with people's expectations of what improv is supposed to be or what it what right. it usually is. Um, and we felt like we'd kind of, yeah, proved what we wanted to prove in the experiment and learned what we wanted to learn. So it felt like a good time uh, to, to, yeah, to draw a line under it, really. So, yeah. We should mention your partner in crime, Michael Such, uh, star of episode three of the Improv London podcast. Do, do have a listen <laughs> if you haven't listened to that one already. Um, and he has a background in live action role playing and kind of story gaming and that sort of thing. And I, pres- I think that must have had an influence on the style of performance. Yeah, did. absolutely, yeah. Michael's um, really great at coming up with new, interesting concepts. Um, he also directed me in Open Roads, the improvised road movie, which we did at the nursery as part of the Originals programme. Um, and yeah, he's uh, he also writes LARP games as well as being involved in them. So he's got a really good kind of grasp of interesting concepts and, and structures for, um, for this kind of work. Uh, and yeah, and the two of ones format was really mostly his idea. We we he kind of came to me with with the concept, and we workshopped a little bit. Um, but mostly it was his concept that he'd come up with. Um, yeah, and it was just really fun uh, working in that way. And kind of so some of the things we did um, to 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 kind of usurp what what you would expect from improv is, for example. Um, rather than coming on and saying hello we are blah 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 can we have a suggestion we would often come on actually always come on in character already so that was um uh one of the sort of things that we did we'd come on in character and sometimes we'd come on before they'd stopped um introducing us so we'd come on halfway through what they were saying and they'd have to just kind of <laughs> deal with that, that. that. Uh, and we would always leave in character as well so we would take our bow and and give our kind of you know plugs and things in whatever character we were at when when the blackout came yeah. uh, and then leave kind of still interacting with each other in character uh, so that was one of the things we did that was kind of yeah just playing with what people might expect to see in improv um, yeah <laughs> and you would sometimes seemingly spontaneously break out into poetry was it really spontaneous yeah it was yeah actually it's the poetry that most people asked us afterwards had you prepared that and no it was all completely made up on the spot <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i mean the the kind of the, the a lot of the inspiration for the format came from uh aspects of modernism uh, and I think I'm allowed to reveal now because we're not doing it anymore. And um, particularly um, T.S. Eliot's poem, The Wasteland. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. And so this kind of fragmented, disjointed uh, aesthetic. So uh, without a clear narrative and kind of, yeah, jumping around in time and playing with form. So, yeah, we we had... Um, a set of ritual phrases that that we would say to each other throughout the show um, that would end whatever scene we were in and would introduce the way that we then found what the next scene was. So again, that's another way of playing with what's expected because, you know, we never did any sweep transitions or tags or even um, organic transitions. We we didn't do any of that. We just had these transitions that were made up from, from these ritual phrases. Um, so yeah, it was all all completely experimental and was really fun. And yeah, like I said, I feel like we we did show because we were just interested whether it would be kind of accepted by an audience who might have particular expectations. And it really was. It was it was accepted and embraced by them. So we kind of felt like yeah, we've we've sort of done a little experiment in what what we can do differently. Um, so yeah, it was great fun to be involved in. 
Yes, I um, I saw a couple of the shorter shows that you did, and I just never knew that you were using those kind of phrases. <laughs> I never picked up on that. I just thought, wow, they're just really connected. <laughs> they just know when they're going to go into this next thing. <laughs> yeah. So what 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 were some of the what were some of the things? I don't necessarily want to know the phrases that you used, but what would you signal that you were going to? What would you want to signal to Michael? Um, what could you signal? So originally they they were sort of intended as a diagnostic tool. So if we felt that, for example, we were in a scene where um, we weren't very emotionally connected, then we would say a particular phrase which would introduce a game that we would play that would help us get more connected. And then through that game, we would find the start of the next scene. Um, so that was the way it was intended, but um, we actually just ended up using them really just as ways to edit the scene and start the next one. It's quite difficult to... Um, uh, if you're in the scene, to notice what it is you feel is missing and then to remember the phrase that you need to use. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it ended up more just being whatever phrase comes out of my mouth at this moment is yes. the phrase that we're going to use now. Um, but, yeah, no, it was great. So, yeah, so that would be one of them would be, um, yeah, emotional connection. One of them would be sort of are we physically using the space and or doing object work or that kind of thing. So there'd be another phrase that would help us find a more physical thing to do. Um, yeah, so I'm feeling all the secrets now that, now that the <laughs> yes. experiment is over. <laughs> well, I always felt that there was a plan. It's like when I watch a TV programme. I don't necessarily want to know what the plan is, but I want to know that the makers of the TV programme know what they're doing. <laughs> And I don't need to see all the working, but I need to know the working is there. Uh, and I always felt the working was there, and now I know a little bit about what yeah, the working is. Yeah. Um, you were coached by Katie Shute before you... Yeah, we did a couple of longer... Like you said, we mostly were performing around London, sort of 10, 15-minute gigs. Um, but we did this year do a couple of longer ones as well. We did uh, 45 minutes at um, Impro Amsterdam in January, and also... Uh, at the Improfest UK mm -hmm. at the Tristan Bates Theatre, we did a whole hour there. Um, so before we did those, we um, we got some coaching from Katie Shute, and she also helped us kind of find new things to do. So you mentioned the poetry one that we did. Originally, um, uh, it would be that one of us would stand at the front and deliver some improvised poetry, and the other would just be waiting at the back until they were inspired by a line that would start the next scene. Um, but Katie uh, suggested that we, instead of that, actually, the person, rather than standing at the back, they actually do, uh, they sort of improvise a movement, like a oh, physical theatre thing yeah. that relates to what the poetry was. So that added a whole new dimension to it, which, which yeah, again, was great. And something that, you know, <laughs> most groups probably wouldn't sort of dare to do yeah. in an improv stage. Uh, so, yeah, it was great. I always enjoyed um, doing the tech for you. Um, the couple of times I did it because there was always a moment or both times I did it it was like we have a song please was, oh, yeah. at one point there was a marriage and at one point there were, oh it was just amazing I just remember some of Michael's dancing yeah uh, will yeah. long in my mind <laughs> yeah I guess that's another way we sort of played with what's expected um, is yeah uh, I mean one of the things for example, rather than getting a suggestion from the audience at the start, is one of the phrases we had would introduce interaction. So we would know that if, if one of us said that phrase, we would know that they're about to go and talk to the audience. But we would always do it in character. Um, and usually we'd like it to be kind of a, a pivotal moment. So we would ask the audience a really important question and then what they give back would influence what happens in the scene yeah. so we were kind of using you I guess in a way like an audience member in that <laughs> so we're knowing that we, we could ask you for some music and yes. that whatever it was would influence what happens um, yeah but again it's just that way of kind of expanding what people might think can be done with with improv yeah. even in a 10 or 15 minute yeah. gig you know you, there's a lot you can play with in that yeah um, it it always felt this could go anywhere <laughs> But that was very exciting, and I always felt that you were both in control, and it wasn't just completely random. I mm. might not understand the pattern or the meaning, mm. but I sort of always felt there was a pattern or a meaning there, which I think is a difficult you mm. know, one to balance. Yeah, I mean, one thing we did aim to do is to have variety in, in each gig as well. So, uh, you know, if, if we could have a, a really dramatic scene alongside a really stupid funny one yeah. then we, you know that would be like the ideal we love to play with those different tones within the same gig 
um, and also a variety of characters and a variety of relationships. Um, yeah, just trying to keep it mixed up. But I think, yeah, it still does have a, a, a certain kind of feel overall that's sort of otherworldly and yeah like you don't know what where it's going to go and and actually our at the blurb that we always give is what if a dream stepped out of your head and onto stage and that's kind of the feel that we wanted it to have again it goes along with the modernism and the sort of fragmentary uh, aesthetic um yeah so (laughs) yeah Well, um, I'm I'm glad that I got to see you perform with two at once because uh, yeah, I was it was always the like oh brilliant, who knows what's going to happen, but I know I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. And I know there's going to be yeah, amazing things happening. Yeah, yeah, it did some it so, did sometimes go into dark places. There was one where I got murdered on stage, um, that was cool, but it also did go to really weird fun places as well. There was one where we were just two robots. Uh, <laughs> having a kind of love triangle with a, a vending machine, <laughs> but yeah, always but always trying to play it with this kind of um, emotional truthfulness that like it ma- it matters to the characters. Yes. You know, that's really important to me, and I think that runs through in um, the other teams that I'm in as well. Is this uh, yeah emotional truth? Yes, it's very important. And what what sort of um, what sort of reaction were you trying to? get from the audience or were you even thinking about that um I don't think we were aiming for any particular reaction um I suppose it is that feeling of yeah not really knowing what's going to happen next yeah Yeah. keep people sort of on the edge of their seats a little bit yes no I definitely uh, not least for the fact you often left the stage and then would be performing in darkness, which I loved. And yeah. it's like, oh, I can't see them now, but the <laughs> scene's still going on and then my mind's working to fill in the blanks. And, yeah. yeah, I loved it. Yeah. And we also, you know, sometimes with our interaction with the audience, it wouldn't always be going to one person and addressing them as though they're a character. We would sometimes address the whole audience as though they're, they're all characters. There yes. was one where um, we were teachers who had to tell the class that they weren't going to go on a school trip and um and it then became about uh the teachers actually their relationship ending and involving the the class in terms of like you know who's your favorite teacher you know all this kind of stuff it was really cute and really heartbreaking (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes we we would one of us would just completely leave the the room and leave the other one on stage (laughs) and that actually happened in that scene so michael was voted as being the least popular teacher and he left the room and so then i carried on in character um, giving a, a sex education class <laughs> and obviously that was like heartbreaking because they you know they just broken up <laughs> so yeah we would we just love using whatever happens oh speaking of using whatever happens there was one um gig that we did where michael's trousers split in the middle of it <laughs> wow yeah, and so he just had to sit on the stage and he actually just said to me, this is very embarrassing, my trousers have just split. So that was the start of the next scene and, <laughs> and we discovered that we we were we worked in this company and we had to fire somebody. So obviously we were firing a member of the audience. So I was like, oh, well, you were going to go and do it in their office, but um, seeing as your trousers are split, I'll go and bring them in here. So then I went and got someone from the audience and we had this whole scene where we were firing this person. Um, but Michael couldn't move from his chair. <laughs> <laughs> so did you know that it really had split his trousers? Oh yeah, I heard that. I heard oh, them go. Heard <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone in the room heard them go. So there was no way we could just ignore it. We had to use it, you know. <laughs> yes, because you you dressed up. Yeah, we had little costumes. Yeah, in these kind of um, yeah, we wanted it to feel kind of timeless, uh, but also as though it, it could be a kind of modern world but slightly askew yes. so um, yeah we both just wore uh, kind of suits really with waistcoats and ties um, and smart shoes uh, yeah so yeah we kind of I think that helped with the, the feel of it being a little bit different and a little bit yes. odd <laughs> yes it was it was strangely off this world and also otherworldly mm. yeah, so it was, a, it was a great look yeah um, I do like it when a group have thought through 
what they're doing enough to so that it extends to what they're wearing as mm. well. It just you know makes me think okay, these are people that have obviously thought about what they're doing, <laughs> and their clothing is a sort of a logical extension of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, brilliant, um, as, but uh, you're also uh, in Big Now. Big Now. I need you to explain Big Now to me. (laughs) I don't know if I can explain Big Now. Please explain Big Now to me. Who's in Big Now? What's the... uh, Let's let's set up the the who, what, where. Start with the who, what, where. Okay. Um, Who? It's myself. uh, Oh, I hate it when people say it's myself. I just said it. It's myself. (laughs) uh, Sophie Pumphrey and Arfie... I don't think he likes giving a surname. No. <laughs> Arfi Mononym. Yes, if that is his real name. Yes. Which it is. <laughs> uh, so, yes, it's the three of us. Uh, and we do a kind of um, bonkers, uh, physical, quite clowny, quite sometimes quite grotesque kind of thing. Um, I think the main thing that, that's unique about us is that, um, again, it's about the transitions. So... We we do scenes, <laughs> but we also have these really big physical transitions that happen in between the scenes. And sometimes we might spend as much time in the transition as we do in the scene. So the transitions become something, something of the life of their own. Um, and yeah, so we're kind of blurring that boundary between what is a scene and what is between the scenes. Um, uh. Kind of trying to inhabit everything that happens on the stage. Um, yeah, so that's that's as far as I can explain it, I think. Uh, and uh, yeah, it is a bit, again, it's unusual. We're not really doing what a lot of other groups would do. Um, it's very clowny. Uh, there's, we do interact with the audience sometimes, but in a very stupid, silly way. Um, not to get kind of input from them, but just to kind of yeah just to play with them really um yeah i think it's something that is to be experienced rather than explained (laughs) so you say it's a bit clowny what do you how do you define clown um in in the big now context in the big now context um ah very very more very very more very more (laughs) yes how very big now. <laughs> yes, it's, it's very big now. Um, very physical, yes. I think I would say. We we use the physicality of the transitions to find the next scene. So we're always surprising ourselves because we the scenes we do, you would never come up with. It, it just depends. Like we, we do what our bodies want us to do and then we find where we are. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, I suppose I suppose the physicality of it is one thing, and I think also the kind of the willingness to just be just to look stupid. Like sometimes we we will just be standing on stage making fart noises, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just do that for as long as we want to do that until it's not fun anymore, and then it'll turn into something else. And um, uh, yeah. It's very hard to describe. It is. How important is it to Big Now that the audience enjoys it? <laughs> um, okay, so so let me let me clarify. Enjoys. Um, it may be possible to um, draw pleasure from watching a show while simultaneously being annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you're aiming at? Um, I'm not the same. I'm not really sure. What are we aiming at for the audience? Um, I think we just want people to be a bit surprised. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Probably like, oh, I didn't know you could do that on stage. (laughs) But it was kind of fun to watch. I guess that's, I guess that's what we're doing. Yeah. 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 In what sense annoyed? (laughs) Um, 
Well, just thinking that um, there are some uh, groups you watch and it's like, oh, we're all, it's all kind of like, oh, we're all having fun. Um, and then there's some groups who are watching and go, is this art? <laughs> am I supposed to enjoy this? Or am I supposed to sort of marvel at it? Do you know what I mean? There's like, <laughs> how much responsibility do, does an improv group have? to ensure the audience enjoy themselves or... I think, like you say, because, I mean, it is an art form. And so I think if, if you as a group are clear what you want to be doing, then in some ways, is it our responsibility how the audience responds to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're not, we're never gonna with with art. You're never gonna please everybody. Yeah. So if you try, if you go in trying to please everybody, you're not actually gonna be creating art. I think. Yes. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Did that answer the question? Well, I just I've I've seen Big Mouth a few times. Yeah. And they're, they're, it seems to me, and this is just my uh, interpretation, that there's sort of an agenda. I'm not quite sure what the agenda is. <laughs> You're very suspicious. Maybe I am. Yeah. Maybe I am. Um, you want to know if there's a plan or an agenda? Yes. Or... I, want, I, sort of, I want to understand the workings behind mm. it. Because I'm kind of extrapolating that you are there, I, th- I think, you are there to provoke the audience. Yeah, I I think that's probably a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. I think when I said we'd like them to be surprised, that's probably the same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, for us in Big Now at the moment, moment particularly, we're we're really focused on our own process, and it's still we're still experimenting with that, and and a, a lot of it is to do with this. Um, how do you go between uh, being this very out there kind of clownish, like jest, jesting with the audience, kind yeah, of poking yeah. them a bit. How do you go from that very out there kind of energy into the scenes, which we would like to be more um, connected to each other and yeah. a bit more closed off from the audience, so that it's it's like you're glimpsing a real thing happening. Yes, and it's how ha- and at the moment we're really figuring out and practicing how how do you go between those two states of performance and can it can it work and um if if we're aiming for everyone to enjoy it then maybe it doesn't work but if we're not aiming for everyone to enjoy it and we're aiming to experiment and uh hone our own kind of skills in those areas then then it maybe it does work (laughs) <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I think that's kind of what I'm, I'm driving at, as in that you are seeking to experiment. And mm. I think you are succeeding in doing that. Mm. Um, if Because, yeah, because it, I think it's challenging. And mm. I, I'm not, that's in no way a criticism. I mm. think it's, you, the things you do, and I think deliberately, are challenging for the audience. Mm. Um. Maybe I mean I don't I don't know I mean there has been several uh, gigs where we've ended up sucking each other's fingers <laughs> um, and it I mean it hasn't been like we've deliberately decided oh this is a thing we're going to do it has just been what's come about and I suppose that that's that yeah that is a little bit kind of related to um, uh, I mean we've all trained with. Dave Rosowski when he's been over here and we love his thing of a scene being a, a balloon blowing up and if you can notice what the where the point of tension is and play with that yes. and sometimes that is going to be the point of tension is going to be discomfort and yeah. it's going to be how do you make things more uncomfortable yeah from from the point that you start at how do you grow that tension and that discomfort so yeah, sometimes it is going to be something that's uncomfortable, and it might be us ending up sucking each other's fingers on stage, <laughs> and that has happened more than once. Um, yeah, so yeah, I guess I guess that is what we're we're playing with, and we're learning how to do, and how how it fits in with the rest of what we're what we're aiming at. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, how often do you rehearse? 
Um, it varies. We're at the moment trying to meet every two weeks. Um, and yeah, we work on different aspects in each rehearsal and we, we get different coaches in as well. So uh, sometimes we've worked on the clowning aspect and sometimes we've worked on the scene aspect. Um, yeah, but because we're trying to do something really different, it, it's quite difficult to find coaches that kind of yes get, get that and can kind of really help us to, to find what we're trying to find. Um, so yeah, it's the whole thing is still very much a, a work in progress, but I think that's what's exciting about a lot of the stuff that's happening in London is teams are kind of finding what they do best and you know you never when you see an improv gig I hope you're not seeing something um where where the people in it feel oh that's it we're doing everything as best as we possibly can we can't go any further than this yeah I hope that you're always seeing people who are engaged with what they're doing yes. and 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 trying to trying to tweak it and trying to improve it and Aim, aiming for something exciting yeah. so you're always seeing a work in progress yes. um, ideally uh, and so that yeah that's that's what that's what we are <laughs> I mean I would I'd much rather see a group that were aiming for something not reaching that but at least they're really aiming high mm. for something that's you know challenging interesting or yeah just different yeah I mean I have thought about that and yeah, so if you're trying to grow a group that is unlike any other group in London, which I would say Big Now are, yeah. although there's some crossover with somewhat theatre, but we'll come to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah, how do you get a coach in, so a coach from the improv scene that might teach you how to do good improv, but is it good Big Now? Yeah, this is what we're struggling with a bit. And we have, we've actually brought a coach in um, who doesn't do improv, but is an actor. And he uh, works particularly with viewpoints, which again is something that Dave Rosowski introduced us to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so working with him uh, really did help with um, the kind of the, the, the playfulness of the physicality. Yes. Um, which is a big thing that we, we want to we wanna explore more of. Um, yeah, and we've also approached a couple of clowns to, to yeah. coaches as well. Um, so yeah, so we're kind of bringing in people from different theatre disciplines yes. um, rather than just pure improv. No, no, um, I've not heard that before, but I love that idea and I think that's really interesting mm. and I think that's going to make you stand out, you know, as opposed to, you know, much as I love the improv scene, it's like, okay, so there's there's quite sort of standard things and I've seen groups who've started out um, and they've had something individual they've maybe not been so technically proficient but they've had their own individual identity and then they've had some coaching and I think okay you're now more technically proficient mm. but I know those moves I understand where you learned them from and I just kind of think yeah. it's a shame that in that becoming more proficient we lost that originality but yeah yeah, that sort of that sort of rawness yeah. and the the real the real joy and playfulness of not having a clue what's happening. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and that's I mean whenever I step off after a big now gig I'm like I didn't know what was happening there. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of yeah, I mean when you when you start doing improv that's kind of um what that's the that's the experience you're hoping to have is not knowing and yeah, like you say, the more the more you kind of learn tricks or techniques, yeah. the the less you find yourself in that state of like freefall where yeah. you're like, mm, yeah, I just have to react in the moment now because th there's, there's there's nothing I can fall back on. <laughs> yeah, but somehow you can't stay in that freefall. Can you stay in that free? I don't know. In that sort of naive, but in a good way, state. I don't know. I'd, maybe I don't know if you can. Well, I mean, that's sort of what the the physical transitions help us to do, is you know, we 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 can only surprise ourselves when we're when we're just letting our bodies yeah. lead us, um, and get out of our heads completely. You know, you can't possibly plan what's going to happen in a big now gig. <laughs> you can't be like planning ahead. Thinking, oh, I'm going to do a scene where I'm a spider on a web. And you can't possibly plan. You know, <laughs> one of my favourite transitions you did was uh, at the uh, nursery, the new nursery theatre, uh, where you discovered that there's behind the curtain there is actually a gap. <laughs> yeah. 
and you were sort of all holding on to the pillar and <laughs> going big now. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, I don't know, it was just like, and I thought, oh, do you know what? I didn't realise there was a gap behind that curtain. <laughs> yeah. I was just, you know, that, that that in no way felt planned. It was just like, okay, there's a thing here. We're going to comment on it. Yeah. And I suppose that's the bit when you're interacting with the audience and then yeah. you eventually transition to into a more scene-based thing. But, exactly, uh, yeah. Yeah, sort of... Um, yeah, again, it's that it's that um, the change of energy from where we're we're talking to the audience and playing with the audience and kind of being really physical and provocative, uh, and also yeah, commenting on the the actual real reality of where we are. Yeah, and then going from that into a scene which is a different reality, and and that's the kind of yeah that. Um, uh, for the benefit of the tape, I'm making a sort of concertina shape yes. with my hands <laughs> to indicate the opening out of the energy and then the closing back in of the energy. And it and it is that, yeah, also the jumping between this is real reality that we're sitting in a room which yes. is a theatre which has a stage and then closing off again and uh-huh. creating a new reality. Yes. And that's it is very difficult to navigate that and we're still, like I said, we're still finding out how, how best to do that and what happens when we do that. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, I feel like, yeah, I feel I understand a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's every, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I just sometimes feel I need things up explaining, <laughs> which is why I do this podcast. Um, you're also involved in somewhat theatre. Yeah. And there's somewhat of a crossover with Big Now, maybe? Yeah, there is, yeah. Well, um, Alfie Monamin. Let's just call him Arfie. He's like Beyonce, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, he, one of the members of Big Now, uh, wanted to set up a, another group that was, uh, yeah, somewhat theatrical, that was sort of um, using, again, some of the techniques that we've learned from Dave Rosowski. Um, about finding the tension and being emotionally truthful uh, and yeah using using our physical uh, like having an awareness of what our what our bodies are doing and using that as inspiration right Um, having an awareness of our emotions and being truthful about those to create the scene Uh, yeah and and then noticing the point of tension and, and blowing up that balloon so Arfie wanted to set up a, a group of people who have trained with Dave um, right. to to work in that way, but without the without the the extra thing that we have in Big Now, which is the clowny stuff. Ah, interesting. So right, okay. yeah, so he Arfie pulled together this what I think of as a dream team. I, I love performing with all the people in it. They're all awesome. Um, yeah, they're all people who've done the the week long training right. with Dave either last year or this year. Um, or both. Some people have done both. So who's 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 the dream team in somewhat theatre? Uh, so we've got Roderick Miller. Uh, we've got uh, Trilly um, Chatterjee. Is he Trilly Chatterjee? Yes. 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 Trilly Chatterjee. I don't know. I've just trained as an <laughs> improviser to go yes. <laughs> um, we've got Joel Huck. Um, again, Sophie Pomfrey. We, we did have a couple of the people who've sadly had to drop out, but we do now have new members to replace them. So we've got Jennifer Jordan, um, uh, Julia Eckhoff, who's just moved here from Germany. Cool. Uh, and... Sorry, I realised that was more of a more of a testing question than I, re- than I really meant <laughs> it to like, be in retrospect. Like Kim's game where you have all those things under a tea towel. Who is the third person we've just asked to join? Audrey, Audrey Davenport, yes. Lovely, yeah. good choice. And I'm now I'm panicking in my head, I'm like, have I missed someone out? <laughs> if you have, tell me and I will edit it in. Because <laughs> I'll edit me going, oh, and uh, the such and such. <laughs> oh yes, that's right, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, that, so that, now that, you have my pre-recording. Exactly. <laughs> um, oh, that's interesting, so yes, because I was... Yeah, because I've I've seen Big Now and I've seen somewhat theatre and I was like, okay, I'm not quite sure, but you're right. It is. It's the, it's the clowning is in Big Now and those kind of transitions. Mm. Whereas, yeah, somewhat theatre are more yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. I should have finished that sentence, I realised. <laughs> They're just more. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the idea was, the idea behind it, um, from, from Alfie's point of view, was to, ha- was to do something more theatrical hmm. and grounded. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, that, and that's where the name came from. I mean, originally we were meeting at a point i think we had three different names in our first three gigs okay right (laughs) so for one gig we were meeting at a point and i think in the next gig we were something theater and then we settled on somewhat theater and that feels like that's what what it is (laughs) yeah but again we're still sort of you know discovering what what we are as well um we've we've had quite a few gigs but um uh yeah, we're we're still discovering what we do best as a team. They they quite often end up feeling sort of uh slightly absurdist. We've had people say they're like Ionesco esque uh, or a little bit Beckett like. Yes. Um Yes, I can see that. It's got actually. that kind of uh pe- that sort of patient uh nothing needs to happen sort of feel to it and sometimes quite existential yes we had a fun gig that was uh just me um jewel and arfie uh i can't remember if you were there it was at hoopla um the one about the cinema yeah yeah that that was was fun yeah perhaps explain it for those that weren't there um, well, we, we just mo- moved our chairs into a position and um, we we used that to inspire what happens. And and it, it was me and Arfie sitting next to each other and uh, Joelle sitting opposite us, but in the dark. <laughs> because there's a dark patch on that stage. <laughs> um, and yeah, and we just had a conversation and through the course of the conversation, we discovered that we were at a cinema and we were talking to Jewel as though he was either the film or a trailer and we were trying to help him discover what he was uh and you know in relation to well I don't I don't feel like I'm a film maybe I'm a trailer but but we don't normally come and watch the trailers and we're watching you so you mustn't be a trailer so it was all this kind of yeah existential yes kind of oddness (laughs) It it was in, it was uh, yes existential oddness is a very good description. <laughs> it was interesting because you and Arfie played quite pedantic characters. Mm. You were all very picky about the detail and mm. that thing about well we don't normally come and see the trailers. So you can't be a trailer. <laughs> yeah. And then Joel played uh, it a lot. Um, I don't know if his energy was slower or something like that, but it was a really nice combination because you two. We're just like, nim, nim. yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what we sound like. <laughs> okay. Just, okay, fair you, but you know, it's playing those sort of characters, and then he was like, well, you know, yeah, as you say, I don't know if I am a film. Yeah. Whatever. So it was, it was really nice how the um, the way the stage had been arranged, and it just, yeah. Mm. I'm giving you the thumbs up now, <laughs> which obviously you can see, but you can't see that on the audio medium for the benefit of the tape. Yes. <laughs> So is that how you speak to? It? Is that how you communicate with Arfi? Then is it in a pedantic um, manner? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is that just an on the stage? Um, uh, I, I don't know. That came out in that gig. I don't know if it comes out in others. I suppose sometimes it does. I mean, Arfi's very intellectual, and uh, yeah, so we we can sometimes end up having kind of intellectual games. Um, but yeah, we're we're also aiming to to have uh, emotional games as well, yeah. and get both of those levels sort of yeah playing Which, off yeah. each other. I mean, it's lovely to have both of those things to go mm. to and have the intellectual kind of cool, clever wordplay sort of thing, and then have yeah. the, the emotional stuff as well. It's yeah. nice to have be able to do both. <laughs> um, and and you re- regularly rehearse with somewhat theatre or? Um, they're a bit more irregular at the moment because we have just had this changeover of members. So yeah, we will obviously need to sit down at some point and figure out when we're next meeting. Um, yeah. They tend to be monthly, right? Uh, because there's more of us, so it's a bit harder to get everyone together. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the whole rehearsal thing is the hardest it is, thing about yeah. it. The organising of getting everybody, especially yeah. if you're in various groups. Yeah. Um, 
I wish I had a solution to offer, but I don't. <laughs> People just need to be less busy. Yes. They need to not have lives outside of improv. <laughs> <laughs> they must not have social lives or families. <laughs> uh, yeah, brilliant. Uh, uh, fantastic. And um, you know, I, I've written a list. I mean, obviously, Lizzie <laughs> can see this because it, but I, I don't normally write a list, but Lizzie's involved in many, many things and I didn't want to forget, yes. I didn't want to forget For any the of them. the benefit of the tape, there is a list There's on a the list. table. I will tick off the ones we have discussed. <laughs> um, I've written down the clique. Yeah. Spelled C-L-E-E-K. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was that? That was, again, it was another experiment. Is that... Let me through talking to you, I'm realizing, realizing how experimental my work has yeah, been. There's been a thread through all of these, every single one of these groups that you are in. They're all I, different. I don't like to do things how other people do them. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, so yeah, the clique was um, an experiment that came out of when I did the summer intensives at Second City in Chicago. Um, how did you find that? Amazing. Yeah, yeah I loved it. I did... Um, both improv and sketch writing. So oh. it was improv every morning and sketch writing every afternoon for four weeks. Uh, so it was exhausting and challenging, but so amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I watched some of your sketches online today and I actually laughed, which <laughs> I <can't, laughs> which means they must have been really funny because I struggle with sketches. Oh, really? Oh, well, yeah. I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you. I watched the one about um, the Green Party. Oh, uh, yeah. That was that one in particular. Yeah. Um, it really made me laugh, <laughs> which was inappropriate because I was pretending to be working in the office, but that's fine. Oh, uh, not safe for work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but sorry, that was a digression. Yeah. I just wanted to say, I watched those and it's like, I thought, oh yeah, this is funny. This has made me laugh. <laughs> and presumably all sketch, online sketch things are supposed to do this, but they don't. Oh. I don't oh, know well, why not. Go. <laughs> yes. So sorry, the yeah. clique. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, uh, yeah, basically, um, I really enjoyed working with the people that I met there, but we were from all over the world. Um uh, there were a few people from the States, but from different parts of the States. Um, there was a guy from Venezuela, a guy from Australia. Um, so, yeah, we wanted to work together again. And we decided that the way we would do that would be to um, do the Edinburgh Fringe. Oh, really? Do, wow. Yeah, do a show there. So uh, the clique was what we came up with because there was a kind of... <laughs> there's a, it's, a bit, it's an in-joke, I'm yeah. afraid. Because the Americans pronounce the word clique as click yes and so we spelt it c-l-e-e-k so that americans would pronounce it right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah nice. um and yeah so again the the kind of there's there are a couple of experimental aspects to this um one of them was I'm surprised no <laughs> really experimental aspects yeah. Who'd have guessed? Who would have guessed? So one of them was in the format, which was half sketch and half improv. Oh. Uh, and the way we did that was um, by having uh, a member of the audience who we would, at the beginning of the show, um, pick as our queen bee. Um, and they had a little inflatable crown that they would put on. Nice. And so then it was their job to to set the order of the show. Oh. So we had a little bucket with cards on. And on each card was written either the title of a sketch that we'd pre-written and rehearsed or the name of an improv game. Right. And so the Queen Bee would pick out a card, read out what was on it. And then we would either all shout improv and then explain the game and do the game yes. or shout sketch and then get into position and perform the sketch. And ah. um, so it was different every time because they, they would be picking them out in a different order. Um, and was there more stuff in the bucket than there was time to perform? Um, no, it actually worked out. The timing worked out pretty well. Um, it was always about 55 minutes, which was what we needed <laughs> yeah. it to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, I was just wondering mm. if there was more material in the bucket than there was time to perform. In theory, you could have an in, in through random. You could have an entire set that was all sketch or all improv. Ah, but, you know. yeah, yeah. In theory, yeah. But no, we we wanted it to be a kind of balance of both. Right. So yeah, so we had we had about thirty, maybe twenty five minutes worth of sketch material, um, and we knew the rest would be improv. Yeah. Um, so that was one aspect that was experimental, was mixing the two forms and how how to make that work yeah. in a show. 
How uh, did you make that work in the show? Oh, well, in that format, basically, having right. the um, somebody read it out rather than us decide, oh, it's going to be this order. Uh, you know, yes. We're going to do this sketch, then this game, then this sketch, then that game. Right. Having it interactive and have the audience kind of involved in that. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, so that was one experimental aspect. And the other was, how do we actually rehearse when we all live around the world. Yes. So we actually did that over Skype. We oh, had, really? Yeah, we had <laughs> Skype group chats. Wow. Um, which would be partly admin, you know, figuring out, because yeah, yeah, we yeah. crowdfunded as well. So it was like talking about the crowdfunding and making sure we'd booked accommodation, kind of admin bits. But then we'd also talk about the sketches that we'd written and we'd kind of rehearse them a bit over, wow. over Skype. Um, yeah, so it was a really, uh, like, international collaboration, yeah, basically. Yeah, that's really And then cool. we all came together in Edinburgh. I think we everyone had got there by the day before, so we had a little bit of time in the flat to, yeah. to like, block things out as well. Um, wow, that's yeah. really amazing. <laughs> that's like, wow, yeah. amazing. What a world we live in today. I know, Such isn't things it? are possible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's um, it's really interesting. Uh, yeah, as I say, I'm not, I don't know. I, I love improv, and I, I think my expectations for sketch are just much higher mm. because you think with improv, well, they're just making it up. So if it's funny or moving, then it's great. But with sketch, I think, well, you've written this down. <laughs> yeah, you, this is the and best. And rehearsed it. Yes, and had someone else look over it probably yes. and add a few jokes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But I think that's that's me rather than sketch. Like yeah, is me. I I think that is why we we were, you know, sort of not worried, but why we were interested to see if you could mix them because you know yeah. you are going to have a higher hit rate of laughs in a sketch. Hopefully, <laughs> if it's, if <laughs> it's well me. written, you me. know, you you are going to have yeah. that just because of the process of creating it yes. compared to an improv scene. Um, so that's why, yeah, we were interested to see if they could be mixed. Um, yeah, but it worked really well. I think because we did short form games, um, th that's got more of a kind of sketchy yes. kind of feel. Yes. And you've got more of a chance of, you know, it, it's funny just seeing somebody try and do something difficult. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when it goes wrong, that's funny for people as well. So you have got those kind of extra laughs as well as yes. if we happen to hit on a funny line or a funny character as well. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so there's a little bit more of a, a chance of it kind of, it's got the same kind of, yeah, the kind of feel of a fast paced sketch show, I yeah. think. Whereas yes. if we'd have tried to mix sketches with long yeah. form improv I think that's maybe a bit more difficult and yes. um, maybe that's another experiment that needs yeah. to be done <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I can see how sketches and short form would be a more natural fit mm. and you're also with short form you're keeping the energy up and it's all yeah yeah, yeah. cool yeah. so are you do much um, sketch stuff at the moment um no I'm not actually oh, no right, I okay. had to think for a moment no you're too busy but, doing improv. Yeah, focusing a lot on improv right now. I'm I'm finding a lot of joy in it. So Brilliant. yeah, you, know, you have to follow the joy, don't you? Yes, I think that sounds yeah, well. Either follow the money or follow the follow follow the joy. And frankly, there's a lot more joy in improv than there is money. Um, cool. And um, I've also on my list of uh, my Lizzie list. I also have multi-story. Oh yes, yeah. Um, that was the first team I belonged to in London. Oh, right. Actually, yeah, and that was a long form team. Um, uh, I joined that pretty soon after I was at drama school. Um, so it must have been two thousand nine, I think, maybe two thousand and ten. Um, yeah, and that was uh, theatrical. Uh, yeah, it, it emotionally grounded sort of. Um, uh, style of play uh, and actually that's where I met Amy Cook Hodgson uh, uh, and Graham Dixon who then went on to set up Ostentatious right um, so yeah do you and ever I watch Ostentatious and go it should have been me <laughs> no <laughs> no I yeah I love what they do but yeah I'm I don't, it's, it's, it's not, not experimental enough is I know. it <laughs> it's like it's like Jane Austen how much more mainstream can you get them that um no i love what they do but i it just doesn't feel i don't feel drawn to doing it myself yeah yeah, yeah yeah um no but that was uh that was my first um 
introduction into the London improv scene. I had done improv before in Cambridge um, and before that, years and years ago, as a teenager in Lancaster. Um, but yeah, Multistory was the first group that I was involved in in London. Um, yeah, and, and one of the people who ran that, actually, Mark Phoenix, he uh, does uh, a thing now called, I think it's called Third Person Theatre, which is, again, carrying on with that kind of theatrical improv, dramatic improv mm. kind of um, style. So, yeah, lots of really interesting things came out of that uh, group, even though the group itself is not still going. So, yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, so you're not only improvising, you're also coaching. Yes. Tell yeah. me about your coaching. Yeah. This is a project I'm really, really excited about. Um, it's called Charm and Strange, uh, and I'm doing that with Sophie Pumphrey of Big Now and Somewhat Theatre. <laughs> Um, yeah, again, inspired. We, we'd wanted to, to teach or coach together for a while. And it was when we did Dave Rosowski's week in November last year that that was kind of the final inspiration for us to set something up. Um, uh, yeah, so we auditioned for people who would be interested in doing that kind of organic improv, um, more patient, sort of more present kind of uh, way of working. Uh, we auditioned in January and um, yeah, we've just been going since then really. Uh, we're probably going to set up another team, um, but we don't have dates for that yet. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're, we're both really loving that and it's a very, again, it's experimental. <laughs> <laughs> we The first 10 weeks that we did particularly were experimental for us as coaches and teachers because we we love the work that Dave Rosowski does, but he has a very unique way of of teaching and of getting that out of people. Yeah. Um, and we wanted to kind of explore and discover ways that that we could find our way of coaching that style. And right. how how can we get the same quality of improv that's patient and grounded and present and mindful um, and truthful? How can we Lizzie Mason, Sophie Pumphrey do that. So it, it was really, yeah, yeah. we used some, some of the things that Dave has done and, and especially some of the concepts he has, like about the balloon blowing up. Mm. Um, but we've also mixed it with other um, exercises we've done with other teachers. Like um, we both did the week intensive with um, Susan Messing and Rachel Mason a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, she's also done work with Dummy before. Um, we've both worked with Patty Styles. Um, so we're kind of drawing on different aspects of those, but um, in our own unique ways. Yeah. And we're also both really interested in, in mindfulness in general and um, that kind of, uh, yeah, how, how, to be, how to be more present and, you yeah. know, <laughs> or how to be present more often. Yes. <laughs> Maybe that's a better yes, way of putting that's it. that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> and how to practice that and how to notice uh what what our what our bodies are telling us and what our emotions are telling yeah, us and how yeah. to notice what's happened in a scene and when we've been changed by something um yeah and we're we're just loving exploring that in all different ways with with the team and the the people we have in the team are great as so they're, they're absolutely wonderful and they they they've all really come on board with that as well and it's it feels like a very the sessions that um that I've that I've run with Charm and Strange have felt very collaborative. Yes. You know, I feel like I want to, um, I want to empower people to, to discover these things for themselves and discover new things that even, you know, other people haven't discovered, you know? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's kind of, it feels very collaborative and that everyone's coming in with um, things that they've learned in life and, you know, uh, therapy and, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and relationships and just, you know, learning about, how we can be more human on stage because wow. I think that's like a um, I think that's kind of the you know if we're talking about noble goals um, I think as performers uh, it's it's kind of our job to to remind the audience how to be human because I think uh, modern society kind of takes a lot of the, like looks down on emotions you know you, you're yeah. not supposed to show emotions you're not supposed to be guided by your emotions you're supposed to be logical um, especially in in sort of English culture, and I think especially for men as well, um, and 
and not to be playful and to be serious and you know kind of uh, uh, just uh, just confined and restricted and stifled <laughs> um and and i feel like in theater if we as performers can be the opposite of all that if we can be free and emotional and vulnerable and truthful then we can remind people in the audience how to be a human <laughs> and how to get more connected with each other yeah. and how and with ourselves um which is really lacking a lot in uh, in education, the way our education system works, in the way our work system works, the way capitalism works, the way consumerism works. It, it's we're all disconnected from the truth of ourselves. Um, so yeah, that's that's the noble cause, I suppose. That's brilliant. No, that's a really that's a really good thing to aim for. I mean, it's it's a big, it's a it's a high standard, but it's worth aiming. Yeah. Aiming for hard target. It's a high yeah. target, but it's worth aiming for. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't know. Is is it a high target? <laughs> it feels a very. Uh, to me, it feels a very, sort of, a target that's very close to me. Uh, so it doesn't right. feel far away. It feels, yes. if I if I can practice this more, yeah. then in that way, I'm I'm even sort of demonstrating just in life how to how to be more connected and more yes. truthful and you never know what little I impact you have on the people you you uh, interact with every day just you know someone you're buying your coffee from or someone next to you in a, a, a bus stop you know you can you can interact with people in a way that uh, touches them and opens them up yes. and so in that way it's not a, a difficult out of reach goal. It it's something that we can do in little ways all the time. So yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. I think that's a natural. I reckon that's a natural conclusion. I have another question, um, which I normally end on. Um, what is the signature Lizzie Mace move when you're performing? <laughs> What do What's you my do? signature move? What do you do that people go, <laughs> classic mace? Oh. Always does that. It might save the day. It might. Oh, God, uh, I don't know. Oh, I really don't know. <laughs> I can't think. It's alright if you don't, because that last part was a really good natural <laughs> end. So anything after this is a bonus, but we'll just pretend it hasn't happened if, if you don't think of anything. Um. The, tr the the thing is, okay. There's two reasons why I ask this. One mm. is that. Um, listeners can adopt or adapt your signature move oh. and also they will then spot you doing it so it will force <laughs> you to develop new signature moves so it will help the listeners and you as a performer yeah I, I really can't think of something that I do um, I mean I suppose I suppose I have a signature object work move. Brilliant. Tell me about that. It's probably having a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if I'm sitting down and reach out, it it will quite often be a cup of tea. Or even if I'm standing up chatting to someone, you know, standing in a doorway or something, it, it might be a yeah. And why why is that? <laughs> uh I suppose it's probably just because I do it a lot in my normal <laughs> life. <laughs> I drink a lot of tea. Um, yeah, probably. And it's nice to just, you know, I mean, object work is, is great for creating um, a, a, a visual world, you know. And so the cup of tea, uh, it, it, it's, it's also just a, a starting point for something else because then you have to have something to put the tea on and there uh, might be something next to the tea. Yes. And, you know, yes. you might have to add some sugar. So then you've got the sugar bowl and, you know, what do they look like? So that then influences what kind of room you might be in. If it's a fancy schmancy sugar bowl or, you know, if it's just the packet of sugar, like without being tipped into a bowl, you know, it, it, it's a way of any object work really is just a, a way of um, opening up your visual imagination and expanding the world that you're in. Um, so yeah, I suppose it's a nice starting point for whatever that might be. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs>
brilliant. <laughs> See, that's really good because actually that's that's an insight into why object. I always knew object work was important, but it hadn't occurred to me why it was important, mm. or not in that way that you know this cup leads to that sugar that leads to, and it's a way of getting into the character and the yeah. situation. That's lovely. <laughs> I think that's everything. Aww. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> I made this. Facts Improv! <laughs>